Welcome back to Stuff No One Told Us About Weight Loss. I'm Eloise and I'm here with Aaron. And today we are talking about 10 things that we wish that someone had told us earlier about weight loss. There's been a lot of different things we've learned over the years. Um, yeah. And sort of we were talking about this the other day of summarizing like the 10 probably the most important things that we've now learnt mm. that we wish someone had have told us right from the beginning would have saved a lot of headaches. Yes. So we actually first shared this on our stories as a little sort of story sequence where we were sharing the 10 things in our stories and then we thought, wow, this would be a great podcast. Yeah. And so we are bringing it to your ears today. <laughs> so hopefully knowing a few of these extra little things can save you a few headaches along the way, along your own journey. So the first one that we want to start with is how you eat matters more than what you eat. This is a big one. It's massive. I mean, if you've listened to our stuff before, you'll know that we harp on about this all the time. <laughs> but it was still a lesson that took us a long time to learn. And it's still a lesson that so many people don't quite understand. Yeah, because everyone's spent so long hearing mixed messages you know, from mm. the fitness industry that it's specific foods, you know, this is a superfood, that's not a superfood, this is a good food, that's a bad food, this is healthy, this is unhealthy. So we, at the end of the day, we're all so confused. Yeah, there's and a lot of shit out there. <laughs> it, it's just overwhelming. Like, you know, you could jump online and find for and against eating an apple. Mm -hmm. You could find for and against eating a deep fried Mars bar. <laughs> you know, it depends on who you listen to and what context it's in, really. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's really taking us away from what's actually important. Yeah, which is the way that you're eating and listening to your body to learn how much you should be eating versus looking at a meal plan or some outside prescribed list of what you should be doing mm. versus listening to your body. Um, and so one of the big things there that we've learned is eating slowly. Yeah. That's a massive one. And that's something that uh, like we are still doing and we're still practicing and still learning because, you know, a lot of people, especially in today's society, eat way too quickly. You know, it yes. sounds so simple, but Ourselves slowing included. down your eating makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not only to weight loss, because obviously it helps you lose weight by helping you actually eat, be, feel satisfied with less, but it also helps your digestion and it helps your yeah. digestive system to process food in a more efficient way, meaning that you don't have that digestive upset, that bloating, gas, whatever else you get after eating. When you eat slowly, a lot of that goes away. A lot of people jump to conclusions when they get digestive symptoms and they think that it's what they're eating. They think it's the food they're eating that must be causing this. Yeah. And... A lot of the time, it's actually not. That, I, that was me. It happened to you know, Yeah. <laughs> we talk about Case this. Case study and, right here. You know, I can I can laugh about it now because like I uh, went down that road of thinking like, oh, I must be like, you know, not allergic, but I must intolerance. Intolerant, have, have an intolerance to all of these different foods because every time I eat a certain food or what I thought was a certain food, you know, I'd experience mm -hmm. like growling in the stomach and like excess, you know, gas and it, it just was not fun at all. And <laughs> it really just came down to I was eating way too fast. Yeah. And when I actually slowed down and then ate to the point of feeling satisfied and not overeating, all that stuff just magically disappeared. And it's, it's crazy. crazy. And 
the thing is so many people think that it's such it's too simple that they never even try it and so i really encourage you if you're listening to this give it a go and see how much better you feel when you eat slower and you eat a little bit less yeah definitely um so that is one part of of how you eat the other part obviously is eating when hungry and stopping when satisfied um, if you want more information about why that's important and how to do that, we do have another podcast episode on that one. It's episode four. But basically, that's listening to your body. Yeah. Listening to your hunger cues and eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're satisfied is essentially how weight loss happens. Yeah. And that kind of brings us into the second point, which is you know your body's going to actually tell you these signals and give you hunger signals. It's going to tell you when it needs food. It's going to tell you when you've had enough to eat. You really don't need to be confusing yourself with things like counting macros, counting calories. If you get really good at tuning into those signals that your body's telling you, it's going to, you know, it's going to tell you how much you need to eat. And that's been a big learning curve for both of us. Like, you know, we've spent years learning all things to do with macros, all things to do with counting calories. I mean, we even did that ourselves. We had an experience of working with a coach who would prescribe macros and a meal plan for us and we'd come in and get you know weighed every every yeah. week and skin folds and everything and it was in addition to counting them ourselves for many years yeah. as well uh until we just realized that we didn't want to live like that anymore yeah i mean i live by numbers with regards to my strength training and i definitely track everything but when it came to the food i was just like i don't really want to have to do this all the time like i don't want to go to a restaurant and you know, order a steak and be wondering like, oh, how many grams is this steak? And, mm. you know, like that just, it. I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. And the truth is with these calorie counting and meal plan things and all of these food rules that we try to follow, we literally get taught to stop listening to our hunger signals. Yeah. And we get taught to follow these rules instead of listening to our body. And so... It's going to be hard in the beginning to sort of come to terms with the fact that you have to relearn how to listen to your body, but it's going to make a world of difference Mm. to the way that you not just lose weight, but the way you feel in general. That's right. And uh, I can speak to that as well. Like when I made the transition from going from a macros based eating way into listening to hunger cues, I was in the same boat. You know, once we first learned it, I was like, nah, there's no way this is going to be like as accurate as measuring your food and mm. counting it all. But I was quite surprised. And like, you know, <laughs> I implemented this for myself and I lost 12 kilos from it. So, mm. you know, if if you listen into those hunger, hunger cues, you'll be surprised at um, the results that you can achieve and be able to keep long-term. And that's the key there the long-term part of it, right? It's not long-term to have all these food rules and to have to have to count everything you're eating is not a long-term strategy. And so learning how to listen to your body is like a life skill that everyone should just have. And unfortunately, we don't just have it. And so you've got to put the time in to learn it. But the good news is it's possible to relearn that and there are a lot of things you can do to make that become second nature again. That's right. That's right. So the third thing that uh, we wish someone had told us, that relying on willpower is not a long-term strategy. It's very, very short-term. But unfortunately, most people still fall into that bucket of trying to white-knuckle their way through everything and they're trying to like just grind through every single day and yeah. they wonder why it's so hard for them to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're all so stuck in like forcing ourselves to try and follow a diet, wondering why we keep quitting all the time, forcing ourselves to like willpower and get away from the chocolate because we can't have it near us because we have cravings and we have to like fight them all the time. Like there's so much fighting and forcing and beating ourselves up and there's a better way. And the better way is learning how to actually work through and find ways that you enjoy without having to force yourself to do the shit that you don't enjoy. That's right. That's right. And to get a a better understanding about how and why willpower is is really not a great strategy long term, go back and listen to the episode that we did. I think it was episode one where we talk about the elephant and the rider as a concept and Understanding that concept will make a lot more sense to you as to why that is the case. And you, relying on willpower is a surefire way to end up quitting and to let your mm-hmm. subconscious brain take over and just run rampant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a really important one. And if you want a deeper dive, definitely go and listen to that episode. Often when we start talking about willpower, I think that people think, well, if I don't have willpower, then how could I ever lose weight by without using willpower, yeah. right? They, I think a lot of people just don't understand that there's actually another option. I mean, we didn't understand that for so many years working in the industry. Yeah. And so if you're feeling like, well, there's no other way, I'm not sure how this works, like that's okay and that's normal because of how we've been conditioned as a society to view weight loss as this thing that is like a battle that we have to yeah. constantly be fighting if we want to ever reach our goals. And that's just not true. Like there is a difference between forcing yourself not to eat a food and choosing not to eat even though you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's 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 all how it's sort of portrayed in your own mind. You yes. know, if you see it as a grind or a punishment that yeah. you're, you know, having to just restrain from doing something, mm-hmm. then it's always going to feel ten times harder. But if you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you make the conscious choice of like, well, even though I might feel a little bit uncomfortable right now i'm just gonna sit with it yeah and just let it pass because nine times out of ten it does those feelings just pass and the worst thing that's going to happen is you feel a feeling yeah you're not going to die the world's (laughs) not going to fall down hopefully there's no earthquake like there was recently but (laughs) yeah i think we often over exaggerate how we deal with discomfort like we seem to feel like if i don't eat the food then my discomfort is just going to keep increasing until i like explode yeah but that's not really how it works and so yeah understanding the difference between forcing that and choosing and allowing there there is a very distinct difference between that and that's a lot of what we teach in our program as well the next thing that we wish someone had told us about weight loss is that thoughts create our feelings which influence our actions which create our results I wish, honestly, that someone had told me this, just not even with just weight loss, with everything in life. Very true. (laughs) It is a life philosophy. Yeah. (laughs) It's, and it's so important. And, you know, even, even with us, like when we first started our business, like we kind of got introduced to the whole, you know, thought work and, you know, believing things are possible, but we, it sort of just went over our heads a little bit. Um, But it's only recently that we've sort of relearnt the power that it actually has in forming the outcome you wish to have and actually started implementing it and seeing the results for ourselves too that's a big one like i think a lot of us underestimate the power that our thoughts actually have like sometimes Mm. we hear those things like we hear people talking about thoughts and we think 
oh, it's just woo-woo. It's just, you yeah. know, a bit of like, oh, good for you. Like, how am I going to actually do that? Yeah. And I, so, I was one of those people. Exactly. I thought it was woo-woo. So like, was I. Like, the first time I heard about this stuff, I brushed it off so completely. Yeah. And it could have changed my life much earlier if I had have just opened up and actually um, learned about how they're teaching you how to do it. Because that's the key. If you learn how to do it for yourself, that's when you start to actually see how it works and feel how it works. That's right. And I had a similar experience. I wish, honestly, I look back at, you know, when I was a, was a little bit younger and I wish that, mm. you know, I really had been introduced to this earlier because, yeah. you know, I could have made a lot more progress in, in other areas and not just with, with weight loss, but even yeah. just even something simple like how you're interacting with your family, how you're interacting with your friends, like how mm. you're showing up to the world really has a lot to do with what's going on with the conversation in your mind first yeah. before it even comes out into, you know, how you're interacting with friends, with family, mm. uh, people around you. Yeah. And it's about like not being a victim of your circumstances and understanding that you have more control over the way that you think and feel than you think you do. That's right. Like a lot of us think, well, I feel this way because that person did something or I feel this way because this thing happened in the world. But it's always, no, we feel this way because of the thoughts we have about what's happening around us. Yeah. And it can be a little bit of a, a struggle to get the concept in the beginning, but... I really do encourage you all to sit there and think about it for a little bit because it is really about our thoughts. It's not about what's happening. It's also one of the reasons why so many people struggle to stick to a plan long term is because they start they start off with great intentions. You know, yeah. everyone goes through that period where they're super excited for two weeks and they're, they're, they're just rocking it. But then yeah. after that two weeks, life starts to creep in a little bit and go yeah. like, hey, you know, I'm still here. Uh, and then the thoughts mm. start coming up of, you know, oh, crap, mm. I'm running late for this job or like I'm, I'm late for work or I've got this deadline to meet. Maybe this won't work for me. Yeah. Maybe it's these little things that I'm doing aren't actually worth my time. I'm probably going to fail anyway. You yeah. know, oh, my past experience shows me I've never been able to keep the weight off. Why would this time be any different? Yeah. Oh, this is so hard. Why should I even bother? Like all of the thoughts yeah. come in and... The thoughts are what cause us to quit. It's never really the program or what's happening around us. It's always just our thoughts. And I find that incredibly empowering personally. And I feel like a lot of people we share this with as well find this a very empowering concept because it means that you're no longer at the mercy of what's happening around you and you can actually step in and take charge of your own life. That's right. And I think... Um... It's just, it just hit me now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I had this realization, I was, I, someone I look up to and a mentor always said the power of something like meditation is to enter the eye of the storm. And that's exactly what it does for you. Mm -hmm. It's, if you think about the, the thoughts that you have, all these negative thoughts, the self-doubt, all the, you know, I can't do this, I shouldn't be getting these results or whatever. That's the perfect storm. Like your brain is so conditioned to feeding you this stuff every single day and you will take the action that, these lead to but when you're in the eye of the storm everything's all calm you can look around you and you can go like well hang on a minute i don't need to react to all that stuff i get to choose which way i want to go here that's a really great way to look at it yeah it's just uh, boom yeah. <laughs> light bulb moment love it love those moments <laughs> um so basically yeah anytime that 
you're finding yourself doing things that you don't want to do, like you're overeating, or you're finding yourself like lacking motivation, you can't get yourself to do the stuff that you know you need to do, look first at your thoughts. Stop worrying about where can I find little bits of motivation? Do I need a new program? Do I need to, you know, give up my family? Do I need to do all of these external things? And start looking at your thoughts. What are you thinking about the process right now? Mm. What are you thinking about the food right now? What are you thinking about your ability to see results? Yeah. That's where your answer will be. That's right. And I feel like... If you're listening to this and you're in uh, Victoria right now and you're in lockdown, mm-hmm. this has been a really, well, anyway, really, like over 2020 and 2021, like yeah. it's really highlighted to a lot of people the power of the mind um, and the, the sort of control that it has over you, you know, and, and whether you are in control of those thoughts, you know, you're consciously able to choose one way or the other or you're just letting them control you because a lot of people have been put into a completely different environment their routines all change you know they're now doing homeschooling etc there's all these extra things that have thrown at you life's turned up the dial a little bit and that storm that that hurricane has just gotten more intense if you're just kind of reacting you've you're just throwing yourself into the wind and you're just letting the storm take you wherever it wants to go but if you're able to change that no matter what's going on around you and refocus in you'll find that yeah as we said you're able to stick to things a lot longer you're able to actually see that hey i'm in control of a lot more than what i first thought you know Mm -hmm. if i'm feeling not as motivated what am i actually thinking like am i comparing myself to other people like i do this myself yeah you know um i find myself like to be honest like i go on instagram and i see friends of mine who might be training and i'll be like you know i wish i was doing that right now that's not helpful you know the Mm. the thoughts i have about it comparing myself to them i'm like it's just a different circumstance like what can i do right now so it's it's reframing that in a more positive way number five thing that we wish someone had told us is that people who already have the results are no different to you they're not special they're not you know gifted in any way they just have built better habits and they think better thoughts Mm. that's it yeah This, this is a big one that i've worked with over the years because for most of my life i thought that other people just had things that i didn't have Mm. or they you know or i had it harder than xyz person or you know especially when it comes to losing weight and going on a fitness journey or whatever it is i always would get stuck in this thing of like why is it harder for me why are they making it look so easy you know what are they doing and i would always be looking for like oh what are they doing that i can now do to hopefully then get the same results Mm -hmm. and then when i wouldn't get the results that they got i would then blame myself for being like broken or having something wrong with me because like they got the results yeah we end up and going into a self-destructing spiral and exactly it just, it, it really those thoughts aren't helping you it doesn't help you <laughs> <laughs> those thoughts were never helping me but i never realized that those people aren't different or special they just built the habits that i hadn't built and they were thinking thoughts that were serving them whereas i was thinking thoughts that were just bashing myself up and constantly telling myself why I couldn't do it. Yeah. 
And the, 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 the simple fact is all of us can do that. All of us can yeah. get the results and all of us can change our thoughts. We can change mm-hmm. our behaviors. But the other side of that coin is most won't. You know, well, most people yeah. will just brush the idea off and go, well, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend time doing it. Yeah. And they will just, they end up by default then being a victim of their circumstances. Mm. You know, as Eloise yeah. was mentioning before, like comparing themselves to other people and thinking they're broken and that they go mm. down that, that road of thinking that there's something fundamentally wrong with them. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. Most people won't do this work. And it's not always a conscious thing of, well, I'm not going to do this. Sometimes it's just that you've never heard of it before because that was certainly the case for us, right? It took us so many years of doing shit before we eventually learned this. And so that may be the same for you. And I just want to encourage you that if you are just hearing about this now, like take this as an opportunity to actually dive into this stuff and learn how you can build better habits and how you can work on your thoughts so that you can create the results that you want because the results are out there waiting for you to take them. Yeah, It's not about what people have or what they don't have, but it's about what they do with the circumstances they've been given. Yeah, And so that to me is, is the one thing that changed it for me was like, okay, how can I step in and start to admit what I've been doing, admit that I've been playing the victim, admit that I've been ignoring the work that I need to do and trying to get results in some other roundabout way to avoid doing the real work. When I stopped doing that shit and I started going, okay, I'm going to commit to the real work, that is when I started seeing results. Yeah, and I think a lot of people fall into that trap of trying to do it really fast, we get really impatient and we don't actually allow ourselves the time to do the real work that we really need to be doing. Exactly. Um, And that's... The um, most frustrating thing, and, and like we fall into this in, in different categories as well, is mm-hmm. realizing later on that if you had have spent the time earlier, you would be much further ahead. But yeah. it's like that saying goes, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree was, you know, 100 years ago, what the second best time to do it is now. Yeah. And it's exactly the same thing. Like you want to just open your mind to the possibility that you can get the results. Uh, you just need to be willing to do that work, spend the time yeah. doing it. And it comes back to those thoughts again, like instead of asking yourself, why isn't it working? Or what if it doesn't work? Start asking yourself, what if it does work? Yeah. What if I actually get the results? What's going to happen? Yeah. And then how can I make it work? Because there's always a way, but usually we're not looking for it. We're just stuck in the negativity spiral, which doesn't get you results. So that's it for part one. We decided to split this episode into a couple of parts just so that it wasn't getting way too long. So stay tuned for the next episode, which will be part two in the second half of the 10 things that we wish someone had told us earlier. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you in part two.